Andy Bush and Richie Firth here. Uh, this is our podcast, Welcome. And what a crazy barnstorming show this one was. Uh, it's been... I've really enjoyed today's show. Uh, we've speak, we've spoken to we've some fascinating sp- people we have. Spoken. I do it for a tenor. <laughs> I gone speaking. <laughs> uh, we have speaking to some fascinating people. Speaking I'm going to run with speaking. I, I know, love I know that. that's not the word, but I was over there speaking to him. <laughs> uh, there are some fascinating guests. Uh, some that were planned. Some that we had no idea were coming on. And you will hear them all in today's podcast, including a woman who was chased by a slightly unlikely animal. Which uh, <laughs> this unlikely animal takes up a fair bit of the show, but I- I'm sure you'll agree it's definitely worth it. An animal that at no point were we planning to. Talk talk about in today's show. All you need to know is, despite what you might read about it, it can go 35 miles an hour. Have a listen. Is the podcast. Absolute Radio. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. With Tesco Mobile. Every little helps. Andy Bush and Richie Firth with Hometime here on Absolute Radio. Uh, first hour of the show, the no repeat guarantee. No songs repeated whilst you're at work. And after five today, uh, we have to submit our final two toppings for the 40-inch pizza uh, that we're going to attempt to eat in Manchester in under 30 minutes on Thursday. And put it this way, we're arguing about it during all of the songs. That's after five on this show. I've spent my morning in the worst place in the world to be kept waiting. Anfield? (laughs) No, not Anfield. It's a car showroom. I know you might sort of think to yourself, oh, doctors or dentists would be right up there. But I put it to you that a car showroom is the worst place to be sat waiting. Okay, so the car was in for a service. Generally, I always find as a rule of thumb, a car service takes double the amount of time that you were told it was going to take. Well, I have never waited whilst they've done the service. Put it that way. I've always dropped the car off and then come back. So how come you were lured into this? Because I was told it would only take an hour, sir. I see. It took two and a, uh, two and a quarter. Um, so you're always double the time you're quoted. Mm-hmm. If you're not buying a car, they're not interested in you. You don't have a car because it's being serviced, so you're stranded, you can't go anywhere, and you're stuck with machine coffee and Sky News at best on the telly. Yeah. I I really do think that car showrooms are the worst circumstances to be kept waiting somewhere. Car showrooms remind me of, you know, the sets of children's TV shows back in the 70s if they were doing something about being in the Antarctic. (laughs) It's all quite minimal and polished and all that. So there's not a lot to work with. Even even like if you go back to the, the, the good old days of like, the old-fashioned dentist's waiting room. At least you've got an old Reader's Digest or exactly. something. Exactly. Like oh, there's, it's all too clean. There's it's no papers or anything. Everything's wiped clean, isn't yeah. it, as well? Would you put it down as maybe top five worst place to wait of all time? The doctors, in my opinion, you're getting some sense of relief after you've been in there because yeah. you're ill. You're getting an answer. The dentist, you know in your heart if there's going to be a problem. So if you've done your business, you're fine sat there waiting. I'm putting the car waiting room right at the top of the list. Radio. They asked for a podcast. We told them to do it themselves. And here it is, the Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. Uh, Lisa from Romford says, Richie, uh, with regards to car showrooms, you should try working in one. <laughs> uh, we're talking about top five worst places to wait. Richie, explain why. I spent my morning in one this morning, told it's only going to be an hour-long service. It was it was at least double that. And they're, they're just soul-destroying places to be waiting. It's the specific act of waiting. If I'm there buying a car... Brilliant. Suddenly it's a very exciting place to be. But waiting with machine coffee and no car to be able to go anywhere, awful. I always find as well, like with car showrooms, I don't know how people buy... How do you buy a new car? 
because they're so far out of anything I would ever imagine as my price range. <laughs> like, who are these people? Yeah. Where do they come from? Sitting on those leather seats. What, what you win the lottery? So where do they rank in the order of places to wait? Uh, Chris Watts suggesting on twi- uh, Twitter, take a toddler, equip it with sweets. It's yeah. amazing how fast you can get uh, you can get your car fixed once you're in that situation. Get processed very quickly there. <laughs> uh, I don't necessarily agree with this one. Spike says, it's got to be Argos, waiting for your number to come up. Soul destroying. I love the Argos waiting bit. It's my favourite bit about going to Argos, because it combines waiting for something nice and bingo. Yeah. So numbers coming up there. I also like to look at what other people are waiting for. Like, does that lad in front look like he's number 291? <laughs> Do they look like their number? Argos is great. And McDonald's are going a little bit down that line as well now with the old self-ordering food business. Yes. Waiting it, for the number. It adds an element of jeopardy and game show about ordering your food or waiting for something uh, Kelly's suggesting the worst place to wait is the uh, the queue for the loo at the football match and hearing the crowd roar oh, I would agree with that absolutely. different kind of waiting but that is awful uh, and then what about this one you can tell that a car showroom a waiting room is so bad Some, what about this some people waiting on train platforms you see I quite like the old fashioned I'm coming across quite boring here but I quite like the old fashioned you know train waiting rooms yes we've got a little seat they might have like a little heater in the corner yes I love those they should roll them out as standard waiting places <laughs> around the United Kingdom. <laughs> Imagine that in, in your car showroom. Yeah, but at least once again with a train journey, you're going somewhere. The car showroom, you are stranded. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. We've got Dodgy on the way next. Home time on Absolute Radio. The soundtrack to your Tuesday night, Andy Bush and Richie Fur. A very special hello if you are sat waiting in the car showroom right now, waiting to pick up a car. I put it to you, it is the worst <laughs> waiting experience uh, you can suffer in modern life. Uh, we're trying to come up with the ultimate top five list of worst places to wait. Get involved. Scott and Mark, uh, Market Harbour says, worst place is at a wedding. Uh, the bit after the church service, but before the food, you just stand around in wedding no man's land. Bride and groom clear off for two hours for photos. <laughs> And you just stand around doing nothing. That is a great shout. Very, great very shout. good shout. Uh, Ewan says, car showrooms, waiting for services to be finished. They are the worst. Drop off my car at 8 o'clock, come back at 5 o'clock, end up waiting another hour for it. The only good bit with mine is unlimited chocolate raisins at the garage. Bit of a sweetener. Now, that would make things a bit different. That would be good, wouldn't it? Because like you say, all you normally get is those weird pods of coffee. Yeah, <laughs> which are no make, good. make you just a bit angry. <laughs> uh, Andrew in Liverpool says, I'm a teacher and waiting for parents parents to show up for parents evening is torture uh, when they're late i can't leave in case they show up i have no work to do and fill in time and i can't go on my phone as it looks unprofessional i just sit and stare forwards trying not to doodle on my paper <laughs> see this is how bad it is it drives people insane absolute radio the hometown podcast with bush and richie it's what happens when you take out all the music travel news regular news and adverts from the show Unfortunately, it still contains the two of them talking. Something unusual has happened between one of our listeners on Absolute Radio and a member of my family. That's concerning. Allow me to explain. Uh, On Saturday nights, as you know, I do a thing called the Indie Disco. Two hours of little indie belters at five o'clock. And I always talk about this thing that I call nature's fridge. Yeah. Nature's fridge for me is the back step in the kitchen, which outside you can leave the beers on the back step and keep them cool. Yeah. Always done it in our house. And I always go on about it on the show. Uh, And then you get an email into the show uh, from a listener 
listener called Adrian. He listens to Home Time as well. He's got impeccable taste. Uh, and he said that he was using uh, the ultimate nature's fridge, uh, which is the great outdoors. And he sent me this amazing photo of a fish that he landed. It's like this massive 20-pound-odd fish. Right. And he listens to Absolute Radio on the app whilst he's fishing at night. Fair enough. Which is a great thing. Uh, so I said, look, I'll forward it on to my dad because he's a keen angler. And then my dad emailed me back saying uh, that he wanted me to ask Adrian how heavy the fish was. Right. And from this point on, an amazing chain of correspondence has begun. And he then replied saying, Hi, Bush, please tell Nigel, that's my dad's name, first yeah. name terms now. I'm the intermediary, by the way. <laughs> the fish was bang on 20 pounds. It's from a lake I joined this year called Shillingly in West Sussex. Incredibly challenging lake. It was my first carp in eight months so far of trying. I've broken the seal. Oh, and by the way, I had a C.C. Moore Pacific Tuna Bowley topped with a half strawberry pop to balance it. This is fishing chat. <laughs> this, this is some of the kit they've got. It's unbelievable. So there's me. I then have to copy and paste the email and then send it back to my dad. My dad then instantly replies back, asking me to pass this on to Adrian. Hi, Andy. Can you please thank Adrian for the info? I'm very impressed, especially with it hitting the £20 mark, something I haven't been able to achieve yet. I think hitting 20s on a number of occasions, but I think fishing too light on a land one. My best remains £14, 4 ounces, and I've achieved that twice in one week with two different lakes. Best wishes, Adrian, and many tight lines for the new year. Uh, kind regards, Nigel. And you're having to forward all these on to them. You're, you're, at all points, you're the middle person. I am the middleman. This has taken up most of my day now, is forwarding on the emails between these two they've become pen pals can you not just sort of step back and let them like yeah properly just communicate back like back in the old day when we had pen pals well I feel like I'm, I am chaperoning at the moment but maybe I should just step back <laughs> but it did make me think man I'd love a pen pal do they even do pen pals anymore that was a thing wasn't it when you were a kid it certainly was I had a friend pal uh, a friend pal a pen pal he yeah. was a friend pal for a while yeah. uh, called Christophe Ooh. ahead of a French exchange he sounds like someone from the trickle or textbook doesn't he Christophe <laughs> yeah for three months we were pen pals and then I went and visited him and realised it's quite boring. Was he quite a boring, man? Yeah. Never. And you never never wrote to him when you got <laughs> back? I never he wrote back, I never replied. Oh my god, the poor guy. Still never got a reply <laughs> back from you. He's out there somewhere, yeah, isn't he, he is, Christoph? Yeah. Do you know what? I would absolutely love a pen pal. And if there's anyone listening right now who still has a pen pal, that'd be good, wouldn't it? Yes, it would, yeah. Because I remember back in the day you used to write on those really thin airmail letters that yeah. were blue. It was like a spy. <laughs> yeah. If you're someone that's still got a pen pal, I am very, very jealous. Tell us about it. Home Time Podcast with Bush and Richie. If you're listening, it's probably not home time anymore, but we can't be bothered to think of a new name. Absolute radio. Richie and I are travelling to Manchester on Thursday to take on the no. pizza challenge that we've accepted. Forty-inch pizza, two people, thirty minutes. That's the challenge. We need a bit of positive mental attitude here, please. I, I, you know, because we were going to do it last week, and then you fell ill. Yes. And then I've, I feel like I've had too much time to think about it. Yeah. It'll be like, <laughs> you know, in a, in a football match where the goalkeeper goes up to chat to the referee before someone's allowed to take a penalty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like it's got into my head a little bit. <laughs> and we've been overly looking at the photo of the size of this thing. And it's, it's big, isn't it? We got frightened by the uh, photo because the uh, the photo uh, details the pizza with pepperoni as one of the toppings, which which actually makes a pizza quite imposing. It adds a lot more <laughs> sort of colour to it and it's a lot more of a daunting challenge. It is. We've got to choose uh, the two toppings, two toppings on a standard margarita pizza. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, debate as to what we should have. We've also decided, and I think rightly so, that we're not going to go down like the split 
strict half and half pizza route. Yeah. Because that I think would only lead to a divide between yourself and myself in the event that we don't do this challenge. It's a long train journey home. We don't want factionalism no. or blame or anything. We don't like want that. to see that one topping's gone more than the other and then blame the other. No. But we have reached a decision. So we've got Tom from Moi Pizzas on the phone right now ahead of Thursday and Tom the two toppings we have gone for are ham and beef is that possible it's a tricky one but we'll certainly accommodate you what what would you think about that as a choice of toppings for you know two people trying to undertake this challenge at the Carter's Arms to eat a 40 inch pizza in 30 minutes boys meat sweats big time like I said (laughs) first time punishment (laughs) so so what form will the, uh, the beef be in we don't do like a your typical ground beef. Right. We'll use rump steak. Oh, turn it in. Finely sliced. It yeah. won't just be just big lumps of it all over the place. It'll be by hand and then drizzled all over the pizza. So it's kind of like so shaved that's... almost, really. Yeah, there's oh. going to be about 16 ounces of rump on oh there. Oh, my God. So Brilliant. Make it worse for us. Honestly, this yeah. the more I hear about this, it's turned into one of... You know those Japanese extreme game shows? It's turned into one of them. We're done. More than that. We'll see you on Thursday and we'll get ready for the challenge. All right, boys. Bring an empty stomach and I'll see you there. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. Absolute Radio. Stone Roses and Waterfall. That's the Absolute Radio 90s on Hometime. Andy Bush and Richie Firth. Would you believe that in my hand right here I've got I've got a risk assessment? Oh no, they have to do a risk assessment for the pizza eating challenge. Yes. Choking hazard? No. Food hygiene, dehydration. There was a talk about how much salt we're going to be intaking as well. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, what's made it worse, that we've just locked in our actual topping order of, uh, what was it, ham and slices of steak? Well, we we were going to go with ham and beef. Uh, they do uh, rump steak oh, this as one of, one of the... So it's, it's shavings of, of rump steak with ham. Last days of Elvis Presley going on right here. <laughs> Unbelievable. The, the interesting thing that's kind of come out of this as well is that we don't really know, in terms of hard maths or facts, what we're taking on here. Yeah, we're, we're banding around this idea of a 40-inch pizza, but what does that actually mean? And a couple of people are, are having a go at what I would describe as uh, back-of-fag-packet maths. <laughs> Chris says, uh, have you done the maths on this, guys? It's the equivalent of just under nine 13.5-inch large pizzas from that well-known home delivery company, 4.5 large pizzas each. Dr. Tam Tukan says, you know that is almost one 12-inch pizza every five minutes each. Is it? Well, this Good is, luck. These are all conflicting maths. If you can help us drill down to the, the essence of this it, so that we know we're prepared for Thursday and you know a bit of maths, get in touch now. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Ritchie. If you're listening, it's probably not home time anymore, but we can't be bothered to think of a new name. Absolute Radio. Uh, excited about Thursday and heading to Manchester uh, to try and take on this food challenge, this pizza challenge, a 40-inch pizza, 30 minutes to eat it, two people, that's us, and the toppings are now locked in as well, ham and steak. Sliced actual rump steak. <laughs> Cheers, Richie. But we're trying to get a handle, trying to get a handle on exactly how much pizza we're eating here, and this is where we're struggling with the maths of it. Uh, we might have just struck gold, though. Uh, we're very lucky to have on the line Bobby Siegel, the math star of University 
challenge. Uh, so, Bobby, thanks for coming on. How do we work out just how big this 40-inch pizza is? Is it a 40-inch radius or a 40-inch diameter? Well, Bobby, I'm going to step in here because you're the expert on uh, maths. I'd like to say I'm the expert on pizza. <laughs> so, um, you're going to have to help me here. So, with a bog-standard 10-inch pizza that I might get in a Pizza Express, when that's 10-inch, yeah. is that... That can't be 10 inches round. It's 10 inches from the middle, no. isn't it, do you think? The 10-inch te- the would make sense if it's the diameter. So the, if the you put a, like a, a dot in the middle, yep. and you put a ruler through it, 10 inches, that makes sense. So 10 inches... Right. Okay. So then we're talking a 40-inch diameter pizza. Yes. yes. So my next question then is, is involving the maths of it here. <laughs> so if we're having a 40-inch pizza... That is yeah. not the equivalent of us having four ten-inch, four ten-inch pizzas, or is two twenty-inch pizzas. So the way again, the way I can tell as a mathematician is, let's just boil it down to working out the areas. Okay, yeah. So a simple, a simple thing is, imagine it's a square. I mean, it is a circle. It involves yeah. pi, but we'll just keep it really simple. So it's a forty-inch pizza. Yeah. Imagine you have a square that's forty by forty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, imagine yeah. That. So the area. Do you remember the formula for the area of a square? We should, we should be good with this. <laughs> Oh, you might have, uh, unfortunately, hit upon the two guys who don't know any of this stuff. <laughs> okay. Um, width times height. So 40 times 40 yep. gives us 1,600 inches, as it were, square inches. Okay, yeah. right. Yeah. And on the other pizza, which is a 20-inch pizza, yeah? Is that correct? 20-inch? 20-inch, yeah. Yep. So, again, imagine a square that's 20 by 20. And, again, this time we can do the math. 20 times 20 gives us... Uh... Four hundred. Four hundred. Four hundred. Yes. Four hundred inches. Four hundred square inches. So essentially, the larger pizza is sixteen hundred square inches, and the smaller one is roughly four hundred square inches. So actually, it's four times larger in terms of area. Wow. So what we're talking about, to put it in layman's terms, then the twenty-inch pizza is the one that we might know from getting it in like a pizzeria or whatever. What we're looking at here is four four times larger than. it's four, It's a four times larger pizza than the normal one that we might get. Well, no, 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 no. I would say that, like, a 10-inch pizza is what you're normally looking at in a pizzeria. I don't know. Don't, isn't the large pizza in Domino's Ooh. a 20-inch? Sorry about this, uh, Bobby, having an argument there, but... <laughs> Pizza uh, argument, yeah. I, I think the largest in Domino's is actually a 13-inch pizza. Bobby, do you mind if we, we're Googling here? Domino's pizza. <laughs> yeah. Large size. Let's have a look. What do we got here? Domino's Pizza Large. Let's see what the sizes are here. I'm uh, pretty certain it's 14 inch. 14 inch is a large so, Domino's Pizza. So 14, a bit of quick maths, 14 squared is 196. Okay. So mm-hmm. um, this I do need to quickly get a calculator out for. It's about eight times larger than the 14 inch. Eight right. times in terms of area. That's the maths that we can work with here. We're looking at an eight yes. times markup on your average large Domino's pizza. Yes, exactly. So you need a lot of chewing. <laughs> so saliva. <laughs> I, I, I just want to ask my question one more time because I am the biggest simpleton in this room. So are we then eating the equivalent of eight really large Domino's pizzas? Exactly. Wow. That is correct. Okay, suddenly I think the penny has dropped when it's dawned on us, uh, <laughs> which is quite a hell of a thing. Bobby, it's good to have you on, and uh, your book that's out, The Life-Changing Magic of Numbers, uh, proves then that mathematics can be applied even to trying to eat a pizza. Exactly, it shows you that you've taken on challenge too far. Oh, say that again, Robbie, because the line just came out again. You said exactly... <laughs> 
It proves that you've taken on perhaps a challenge too far. A <laughs> challenge too far. I'll tell you what we have just done, though. We've written volume two of the book. Yeah. We have. First day of the opening introduction. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby, good to have you on, mate. Thanks so much for helping us yeah, with okay. our pizza challenge. Cheers. You're welcome. Anytime. Radio. They asked for a podcast. We told them to do it themselves. And here it is, the Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. Cast on Hometime. It's a Tuesday night. Thank you again to Bobby Seagull for coming on. He's got a brilliant book out called The Life-Changing Magic of Numbers. And it proves that maths can be applied to any situation, even taking on a pizza-eating challenge, which is going to happen on <laughs> Thursday. Watch this space. On the subject of school subjects, earlier we were talking about pen pals. And I don't want this text that's just come in to get lost in all the pizza-eating. Uh, I had a pen pal when I was at school called Romero. Oh, he lived Ramiro. in Marseille. I used to write to him in French. He would answer in English. I thought it was good for my language skills. It all ended up in a birthday where he sent me a necklace made out of beaded wood. Oh. It was like a rosary. That is the weirdest thing ever. Well, he sent her like a rosary that he made yeah. himself. Yeah. Poor Romero. <laughs> Can I ask you a question, Richie? If you say you were a listener and you were allowed to enter this competition, you won the money, £40,000, what would you do? First thing you do? Season ticket. Really? Yeah. Straight in there with... But isn't there like a really long waiting list at Arsenal to get even a season ticket? Uh, for the normal ones, but with £40,000, I reckon I could get the old uh, <laughs> the old plush one. I might even get a box. Get a box. Yeah. That'd be good, wouldn't it? Get like loads of little slates of sandwiches. Then, obviously, I would think to myself, hang on, you probably should do something a lot more uh, sensible with this. Uh, wife and three children, and um, I'd put it in savings, I'm sure. Oh, yes. <laughs> Premium bonds. Just in case they're listening. The weird thing is, right, I've been, I've been through a box in a football match like literally twice in my life very lucky N- nothing to do with me managed to kind of uh, scam my way there it's weird isn't it because you, when you sat there when you've you got your tray of sandwiches behind you whatever deep down you're looking around thinking all the other fans hate me <laughs> everyone in this stadium hates me listen if you want the money you can do with it what you wish uh, we used to give away £5,000 then it was 10 then it's 20 now we're giving away £40,000 it'll be in your bank account by Friday evening tax free cash in time for your Christmas shopping or for your uh, your box Yeah. Uh, even better thing is there's no questions to answer it is just a text no kind of uh, which animal kills the most or a tractor listen out for all that kind of thing shark uh, is it I think it's the polar bear is it uh, text the word no, it's hippo. Text the word what? win to 81215. That's all you need to do. The word win to 81215. Do it now and sit back and imagine the money. Hippo? The Absolute Radio. £40,000 giveaway. Text cost £2 plus your standard network rate. Lines close Friday 16th of November at 9am. We're playing across the Absolute Radio network. You must be over 18 to play. Rules, terms and entry are at absoluteradio.co.uk. This is Home Time on Absolute Radio. Well, you can win yourself £40,000 this week on this radio station. Have it in your bank account by Friday. Yeah, text the word WIN to 81215. I thought we'd made that clear um, and saying how easy it was. You don't have to answer competition questions or that kind of stuff. Uh, I put out there that you don't have to answer the question, what animal kills the most. Some people have uh, taken that literally. Uh, We've had a text for the word hippo. I don't know whether that's an answer to the question we weren't asking. Is that true, though? You're saying a hippo. Are you telling me that a hippo kills? more animal more things than anything else any other animal A hippos kill and B how do they kill what they sit on people 
No, you see the mouth. It's like flip-top mouth. They're the too hippo. slow. How do you get killed by a hippo? They swim fast. No, they do they not. They do, and they move quickly. I can't imagine got this it. this massive mouth. Really? Yeah, 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 hippos. I'm not sure I'm having that. Grant in Newcastle says it's the mosquito. Oh. We'll never know. What have we done? Home time with Bush and Richie. With Tesco Mobile. With great deals on phones and SIM-only deals for everyone. However you do Christmas, everyone's welcome at Tesco Mobile. I should apologise. Uh, there is another hour of the show to go, and we're all ready to go, uh, but we can't move on from what happened by accident <laughs> just before six o'clock, uh, when we've gone down a bit of a cul-de-sac trying to work out which animal kills the most and in a- the world. And apparently the answer is, according to you, hippos. The hippo, yeah, Which is, exactly. I just find unbelievable, because my knowledge of hippos, uh, they're quite friendly, cuddly creatures. You've seen them on, uh, is it Dumbo the film? Dancing? Uh, no, that's Elephants. No, but there's also... I think there's hippos in Dumbo as well. You're thinking hungry hippos as well. Hungry, the game. Yeah, they're, they're fun knockabout or whatever. <laughs> Don't move too much. But I think there's a dream sequence in uh, in, in Dumbo where there's the hippos dancing around. So I always think they're kind of nice, friendly things, but particularly not, you know, massive killers that you're saying. Sam in Guildford texts, Bushy, hippos kill the most in Africa. They can run up to 35 mile an hour on land or short distance. Uh, hippos run at 30 miles an hour, kill more humans every year than lions. That's something I can't get my head around, right? Lions are walking around with a big, you know, the big mantle of being like the absolute bad boys of the of the desert plains or whatever. Yeah. And it's actually hippos that are doing more of the killing. Yeah, hippos just got a really bad PR agency. They have. They need to up their game a little bit. Unless go to Leanne on the phone who's had first-hand experience of uh, the terrifying thing of being chased by a hippo. Tell us what happened to you, Leanne. Hi, good evening. Uh, yeah, I grew up in Zululand in South Africa um, and I'd gone on a three-hour hike with my brother and his friends over a sand dune, along a lagoon and as we got down to the edge of the water, my brother said, I think those hippos are coming a bit closer and we were like, no, no way. And we were walking along the edge of the water and realised that actually they were moving at quite a speed out of the water at us. And right. we ran the fastest <laughs> I've ever run in my life. Wow. Wow. Does the, uh, does the hippo make a noise? Um, it is a bit of a, a grunting noise, <laughs> a bit like a, a, a boar or a pig type thing. What did you think it was going to be like, Richie? Him going, Leanne, come back. <laughs> <laughs> I was swimming there. <laughs> no, like, you, you used the example of the lion. If you've got a lion chasing you, you a would expect roar. to hear a roar, you know. I just wondered yeah. what, what sensation audibly you heard. Like a guinea pig, like yeah. a big guinea pig. <laughs> I, I think Leanne said it was more grunty. Did it, was you? More grunty. it was more grunty, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to try and make the noise oh, myself. Oh, that's what I was um... hoping you'd go. <laughs> are you, are you st- like, is this stayed with you? Is it scarred for life, this particular chase off a back of a hippo oh it has absolutely um hippos i really stay away from um big distance and and even at night sometimes in that particular area they wander out of the lagoons in between the bars at night and quite a few people have been known to stumble into them in slightly drunken state um and not really had pleasant experiences i tell you what it's but a whole new slant on the game hungry hippos for me absolute radio the Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. With Tesco Mobile, every little helps. Absolute Radio, where real music matters. It's Hometime with Andy Bush and Richie Firth. That's David Bowie. Uh, this text says, Hi guys, my name's Jazz, and I've been attacked by a honey badger in South Africa. <laughs> We're not <No>. doing this. <laughs> I'm sure at some point we're going to do maybe an hour of, of this show on what have you been attacked by. 
We were only trying to get you to win £40,000 by Friday by it. texting the word win to 8, 12, 15. <laughs> and now we're talking honey badgers. This show is wrong. It's gone crazy today. Richie Firth was flying home after this show uh, this time last week, uh, last night, sorry, to go and enjoy something quite gorgeous. Yes, a slow cooker update for you. Uh, it made its debut in our house yesterday. So First slow cooker. Good for you. You, you. You've kicked off, you've started your slow cooker career. I've done two terrible ones and had to put it in the bin each time what I've so what made. what have you done? What have you done? I made Scouse, which is a Liverpool thing. Yeah. Uh, hence the name Scousers. Awful. Put it in the bin. <laughs> and then I did uh, a Irish stew. Awful. Had to put it in the bin. <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad for you. What did you make? Tell everyone again. So yesterday I had bubbling away during the day as your slow cooker likes to do. Uh, I was doing ribs. Oh. Beautiful recipe. Let me share you with it. <laughs> One and a half kilos of ribs. Yeah. Into the uh, into the crock pot, and then I tipped in two <laughs> two three hundred mil bottles of uh, barbecue sauce. Oh my word! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then on medium for about six hours. Came home. I kid you not. It was practically falling off the bone. What was that smell like when you opened the door to get into the kitchen? That must have been nice, must Overpowering. It? it was as if you were walking into uh, TGI Fridays. Really? That's what yeah. you're billing it as? <laughs> that, is, that is how I want my home to be. And didn't, what did Natalie think of it? Did she give it the thumbs up, the other half? Was she saying it was good work? Yeah, she loved it. Yeah, good on her. Absolutely I, loved it. And sorry, because I'm living my, my um, slow cooker life vicariously through your successes, because yeah. mine's so bad. What did you have your ribs with? Uh, Uncle Ben's rice. Nice, nice. Mexican style. Mexican style. Yeah. And do you ever put reggae, reggae sauce on it? Uh, a lot of people on Twitter last night were suggesting just that. Haven't done that before. We'll do it next time. So you're one from one if we can use American footballing parlance here at the yeah. moment. Haven't had the time to prep for today because I was stuck in a uh, car showroom earlier. But tomorrow... Yeah, this is what I want to know. Tomorrow... Fajitas. Unbelievable. He's going Mexican. Find out on this show same time tomorrow. If you insist on listening to them in your own time, then we can't really stop you. Okay, let's get on with it then. The Home Time Podcast with Bush and Richie. It's time to do this. bit of a recurring theme to today's toilet. You've been doing this show with me long enough now to realise that there are a few areas that I do gravitate towards for this feature. Yes, I would say so. There's certain touch points, if I can use a management phrase. I unashamedly have a very, very open mind to UFOs. And this story has come out today that the Irish Aviation Authority is investigating UFO sightings after pilots reported seeing one off the coast of Ireland. Uh, this was only two days ago. Shannon Air Traffic Control received a call from a British Airways pilot flying from Montreal to Heathrow yeah. over County Kerry at around about quarter to seven in the morning. Uh, you can hear the pilot asking if there were military exercises taking place within the craft's airspace at the time. She says that the object comes alongside the plane before vanishing at a very high speed. Wow. The air traffic controller then goes alongside you 
The pilot then says it came up on our left-hand side and then rapidly veered to the north. Said it was a bright light and it disappeared at a very high speed and was wondering what it could be. But controllers said on the ground there was nothing on the radar whatsoever. Then, yeah. two other planes can then be heard reporting the sighting to the air traffic control. A Virgin Airlines pilot suggesting it was an object re-entering the Earth's atmosphere after reporting seeing multiple objects following the same sort of trajectory, very bright from where we were. Said it was astronomical and it was like Mach 2 or twice the speed of sound. That's pretty fast, isn't it? It's all going on over the top of Ireland, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's the thing is that you're after with with a, a UFO sighting. It's just at least one other person saw it and then you, you're in, which um, is you know. So they got the backup. Agreed. And when it suddenly is the the really credible source of yeah. air traffic control and airline pilots. These aren't people who are mucking about. These are the proper professionals. These are proper professionals. Can I just say one thing about aliens as we stand in 2018? There might Far be aliens, away. who knows. Can I just say, almost if they're listening to our airwaves right now, just come and properly say hello and forget all this peekaboo stuff. <laughs> I'm sick of UFO peekaboos. You know what I mean? Like, they're years building this technology up. They're, they're clearly more advanced than we are. Just come and properly say hello. Stop having a look and then running <laughs> off again, you weirdos. What's wrong with you? Radio. They asked for a podcast. We told them to do it themselves. And here it is, the Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. That's it. That's us done. Thank you for your brilliant suggestions as to what we should call you guys as well. You remember we've got this thing, we're trying to ditch uh, full or half board for podcast yeah. listeners. We've had some brilliant suggestions on this and we'll come back to it tomorrow on the podcast. We are now less than 48 hours away from getting our names up in lights on the honours board of the Harper's Tavern um, <laughs> In, it's, I don't think it's called that, is it? It's not called the Harper's Tavern. Carter's Arms, like I said, um, in Wilmslow <laughs> for our pizza eating challenge. Absolute Radio. If you insist on listening to them in your own time, then we can't really stop you. Okay, let's get on with it then. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie.